0: We go straight into it. Uh, Professor John Streamlau joins me now uh, from the Department of International Relations out at the University of the Vitvata Front. We talk about the latest at number 10. uh, And uh, Dr. Streamlaw or Professor Streamlau, I should say, good evening. Welcome. Thank you very much. Prof, before we maybe head out to what's happening at number 10, uh, I want just your, I guess, uh, brief reflections on um, how uh, or what you made of uh, the uh, latest Congress of the uh, party out in China. Uh, Just your your brief reflections and thoughts there uh, before we come to what's uh, been happening out of the United Kingdom.
1: Well, the contrast between the United Kingdom and its disorganized democracy versus the uh, President for life, Xi Jinping, who just got a third term but is absolute and total control, even more than Putin probably in Russia right Mm. now, and uh, he is uh, he is a, a, a dictator, uh, the likes of which we haven't seen since Mao Zedong. Now uh, he he may well be good for the uh, uh, Chinese economy, but we don't know yet. I just don't like dictators.
0: You just don't like dictators. What do you make, I guess, of the stacking up of the cards in the Politburo of the Communist Party of China and uh, what that might mean, not only for the geopolitics of you know the future of Taiwan. China's role in the Eastern European crisis, their competition with the U.S. and all of those dynamics, and, of course, internally, their management of COVID going forward. Well, it, it's, uh, the COVID thing
1: is a real problem for Xi Jinping, uh, and his economy is not as robust as it was. But that has knock-on effects down here. But I always have been of the belief that uh, Africa ought to be a strategically sterile environment, and there ought to be ways to have a win-win-win with the West and China seeing it's in their interests for South Africa and for Africa more generally to be developed and to play a constructive role in the international community. And that it's not uh, a strategic theater of the the way you have referred to Taiwan. Mm.
0: And then, yeah, I guess if we shift our attention to um, the latest coming out of the conservative party and of course the United Kingdom, um, you know, Maybe, Prof, what might be helpful for the benefit of our listeners is to talk about the last 12 years just in reflection of conservative party government in the United Kingdom. It's been associated with a lot. I mean, Brexit, um, the pandemic, and uh, some of what we've recently seen um, insofar as the musical chairs at the top of that party.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot to cover, but you're right to say that this is rooted in David Cameron's decision to have a referendum back in two thousand sixteen on whether or not Britain should stay in the European community. And that was an issue that had divided uh Britain for many, many years. And he said, well, let's have a referendum. The problem there was it was evenly divided, not well informed. There was a lot of disinformation. Indeed, there was even talk that the Russians had it's in their interest, to sow disinformation into that debate because they want to see democracies come unstuck. And so mm. it, it certainly did, and the European Union especially, to come unstuck. And, and when they pulled out, it did so without ever preparing the public for the economic costs that will be borne by that and have been borne by that decision, which I thought was a stupid decision, by the way. But in any case um the econ- economic problems that have compounded by covid and uh the current uh or soon to be um uh, uh, uh prime minister Rishi Sunak was uh, was the, the the chancellor of the checker the finance minister during the covid uh, crisis in 20 to 22 and uh he did do some constructive st- steps to protect jobs and and, and But he's a very conservative guy. He's a Boris Johnson guy, and he's a pro-Brexit guy. So while I, I like to have this notion of younger leaders, uh, we talk about that a lot down here in South mm. Africa, uh, there is a certain wisdom that comes with age, frankly. And uh, this guy is, is, is 42. Uh, he, he entered uh, Parliament in his 30s, and he's extremely rich. I mean, he's worth 15.3 billion rand by my calculation, 730 uh, million pounds, which is twice what Queen Elizabeth was worth, by the way. <laughs> and, and so he's the 222nd richest man in in, um, in, in in Britain, and he got his money largely through marriage with his wife, Murthy, who made whose father made a huge, huge billionaire um, dollar billionaire. Uh, money in in info in, mm. in California. They met in Stanford.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: he's very well educated, Oxford and Stanford University. He's apparently very bright, and uh, I watched him uh, give a few remarks when it was clear that he had no opposition mm. and would become the next prime minister. And he's he's very glib uh, and 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 intelligent, but uh, he's, he's, he's I think the wrong guy for the wrong time, and the British public is now polling very favorable toward labor but uh, why we'll why would you happens. say
0: why would you say that prof wrong guy for the wrong time when many people might say well he might get a receptive hearing from the markets i mean he has his own background worked at goldman sachs um and if one compares him to liz truss he probably had a bit more of a you know a, i don't know what to call it maybe a ex- not the extreme well, free market <laughs> fundamentalism of Liz Truss, but uh, probably yeah. still very conservative. <laughs> well, listen,
1: Liz Truss was a was a complete disaster. <laughs> she she lasted forty four days. That was the shortest prime ministership in in the history of that uh, long long democracy, the United Kingdom, and uh, um, you know the the the, uh, the 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 calming of the waters. May in fact occur, but markets have been very skeptical. The pound was slightly up as a result of this, but the but the but the bond market and uh, didn't did was not unchanged and fell a little bit, uh, and 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 everybody's taking a wait and see. The fundamentals, however, are that you've got this chronic inflation, mm. and you've got uh, a, a government that, as a matter of policy, has said. You ought know, to cut taxes, which is very inflationary when you don't do it right. Sure. And, um, and, and, you know, the, the supply side kind of Reaganomics, uh, and, and the U.S. is a much bigger economy, mm. but it is the sixth, still the sixth largest economy in the world. And, and, uh, and there is a state that, that is, is, is solid behind it, each state. And, and the bank, the central bank, uh, did help to stabilize, uh, when trust was running out of control. With her crazy, uh, let, let's cut um, taxes and increase spending for alleviating the problems that Britain's faced, and then the, the the markets went went bonkers. It was a like, little like when Van Royan was appointed finance minister down here under Zuma, and everybody said, "Oh my God, <laughs> uh, it's going to come unstuck." You know, the always you have to ask yourself when there's economic problems, what are the political politics response going to be. And the political response was very quick and savage in the case of Louis Truss, as it was in Van Ruyen. and and, uh, and now uh, people will take a slight, slight wait and see, but the Tories don't want to run for election, which they really should have right now, mm. to get this back in, uh, into a, a being a somewhat of a democracy, for gosh sakes. I mean, here you've got uh, 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 uh elected by you know, 400 and plus uh, parliamentarians who are very conservative and overwhelmingly white. Although he's the first person of color to uh, to take the prime ministership, and while he's of Indian extraction, his parents and grandparents are Kenyan and and uh, Tanzanian. Tanzanian, Tan- 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 Man- Wan- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a very interesting story. It's just that... It, the, you know, he's well, no clearly Obama, a child of the but, Commonwealth,
0: uh, Professor Streamlaw. We can't be denied of that. Clearly a child of the Commonwealth.
1: But yes, I mean, clearly. Yeah, well, yeah, clearly. clearly he's, a child, child of, he's a child of the empire. Uh, you know, they, they move yeah? people around a lot mm. from from uh, Indian colonial. And the ironic thing is that, that they have the first Indian become the prime minister, uh, Indian extraction descendant, uh, become prime minister the very year that Indians are celebrating 75 years of independence exactly. from imperial rule. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it is history is one damn thing after another.
0: Let's talk about labor, because you were saying uh, part of why this might be the worst time is, um, you know, uh, Sakura Stama and uh, the Labor Party might uh, be standing in the wings here if a general election were to be declared anytime soon and might favor their prospects after over a decade of uh, getting back into power. What do you make of what's happened there? We've also heard of late some rumors of deep divisions um, and a lot of, uh, you know, I guess, backstabbing and palace politics, smoke and daggers type stuff uh, that divided Labour um, around the personality of Jeremy Corbyn. And of course, uh, the more moderate leadership around Keir Stammer.
1: Yeah, Keir Stammer is no, Jeremy Corbyn, and that's a very important point to re- recall. I mean, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa is, is no Jacob Zuma, uh, and neither of them are Ben Becky or, needless to say, Medvedev. So um, uh, Joe Biden is quite a contrast from Donald Trump, mm. and and uh, what you're seeing now is a much more responsible Labour Party that could take the reins of government and maybe push uh uh Britain toward social democracy in a constructive way because there's a huge inequalities and, and uh, alienation and through the labor old labor belt, you know, the mm. industrial uh sectors are are in, in trouble and and, uh, and and again finding a way to sort of re-ease Britain back into um without dividing the country mm. unnecessarily Back into the European Community, yeah. where its future really lies, and for Africa to have a united Europe, I think is a very important um, a, a point because, mm-hmm. after all, we're trying to integrate uh, this continent of, uh, of artificial states um, that aren't yet nations uh, to get to the more more effective economic and, and political and social. Uh, effectiveness in the world of climate change and all pandemics Mm -hmm. and everything else. So, What would a Labour
0: government under Starmer stand for? I mean, if uh, we compare the last Labour government that was in power, which was largely sort of new Labour, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, kind of not too sure if, uh, you know, you're on the social democratic end of things or um, centre-right. What does Labour stand for and look like now that might give us some clues of what their priorities would be if they were to be in government?
1: Well, you know, the, the the first thing is, it's, it's, uh, all politics is local, and and I don't really know the internal dynamics of the Labour Party any more mm-hmm. than I do the Conservative Party. Sure. But what what we're talking about down here, I think, is important, which is to say that to have a Labour that was a party that was not, as Jeremy Corbyn would take it, off to the extremes of the left-wing socialist bent and more in the democratic socialist mode of responsible um, fiscal policies, and yet trying to get a pro-growth, pro-employment strategy working, which is the same thing that, that, that is needed in the United States, the same thing that was needed down here, only even more extreme because we've got so much unemployment inequality and poverty. And uh, as Meposa as reminds us always, but uh, but but getting to work in, a, in an effective way means you can't have a corrupt government. You've got to have an effective government, and you've got to mobilize around some core principles, which I think Tier uh, Stammer could come up with and make more effective than Jeremy Corbyn could, and certainly more than the very, very divided and unpopular uh, conservative party, which is still in power until January 20th. 25 unless uh, an election is is somehow forced Mm. on the conservatives and it doesn't seem like that's feasible in the short term anyway.
0: Professor Strimlau, we'll have to leave it here for tonight. Thank you very much for your time. My
1: pleasure. Good luck.